as always, this is a place, guys, uh, regardless of your background, your belief system, uh, religion, you can belong before you believe here. I would encourage you to work through to process what I'm saying. There may be things I say tonight that you agree with, and there may be things I say tonight that you don't like or you don't agree with. Uh, the worst thing you can do is just go, huh, I didn't like that. Like, um, talk about it. And if you have questions for me, Guys, uh, for those of you that have been here, you know I will be available. I will meet with you, and we can talk about it. Any of our leaders will, uh, will meet with you, okay? I, I am very passionate that this is not something that you should walk into and just go, oh, I should just do that because he said that. Like, no, you should ask, where did you get that from? And if I'm reading the verses, you should ask, where are those verses coming from, okay? Um, and, uh, and we go from there. So when it comes to marriage... Here's the first thing that we have to understand and know. You only know what you've seen or experienced. Okay, that's really important. Now, we've, we've read, maybe you've read some books. Uh, maybe your parents are like the super parents, and they're like, here, you need to read this. You were like eight, and it was like, how to have a godly marriage. Um, but like for the most part, for a majority of all of us, what we uh, know about marriage comes from what we've seen modeled to us, okay? Um, and, and that's rough. I know that can be really rough for some of you because uh, for some of you, you were born and maybe your parents were separated. Uh, maybe there never was uh, a marriage that you grew up watching or seeing or observing. Uh, and then for others of you, you've grown up seeing dysfunction. You've grown up seeing fight after fight. Uh, you've grown up actually maybe some of you wishing your parents weren't together. Um, and, and I know that's a very, very real thing. Um, and, and, and so uh, whenever I do premarital uh, with people, premarital is uh, a process we take people through before they get married. We go through a book uh, together. Um, we do a personality profile for the couple. So it, it like, it, it, it's like personality for you, for them independently, and then you as a couple, which is just, is so good. Um, and, and, we, and we walk through that and we talk about those things and in that first meeting, if you ever get there with me, um, I'm going to ask you, and we're going to talk about what you saw growing up. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your parents' marriage. Now, why? Why are we going to talk about that? Because whether you like it or not, that's what you're taking, that's what you're bringing into the table. Okay? There's thoughts, there's perceptions, there's skepticism, there's optimism, uh, there's ways of communicating, uh, there's how you talk to each other, there's expectations you're going to have of someone else. And where does that come from? Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like it needs to be in there? Because of what you've seen. Okay, and that's really, really important. So we talk about, like, uh, I'll ask you, when you grew up, as you were growing up, what are the things, as you think about, let's just pretend we're all in premarital right now. When you think about marrying this person, what are the things you saw that you want to continue with? In other words, what are the things you saw in your parents or your, your mom or your dad that you want to replicate in your own marriage? What are the good things? And then also, what are the things you go, I do not want to take that into my marriage. 
I do not want that piece. Uh, that was awful. I experienced it. I saw that. I witnessed that. I do not want to take this into my marriage. Uh, my wife and I, and her name is Lindsay, and I'll probably say her name a lot tonight since we're talking about marriage, and she's my wife. Uh, when we were getting married and we were going through premarital, and it was, it was tough because our premarital was literally, um, it was distance. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I was in Washington. She was in Ohio. And uh, anyway, and so we were, we were trying to learn about each other, but it was, it was tough. It wasn't ideal like it is for a lot of people when they're in, just even in the same city. But one of the things when we were talking about and unpacking our parents' marriages and the dysfunction and the things we saw growing up and all of that, um, there was a couple things that stood out to us uh, when we, we were talking about marriage. And for me, it was I hated how my dad treated my mom. I hated it. I hated it still angers me. I'll still talk to him about it when I see him. In fact, I'm hosting Thanksgiving. I'll probably talk about it next week to him. It bothers me. I don't like it. I don't think it reflects what the Bible says. That bothers me. So that was one thing that we're like, I, that's not, we're not bringing that. That's not going to be a part of our marriage. For her, her family, they scream at each other. They yell. And I mean, they yell like, like you think people are literally in the middle of a fist fight. My family, nobody yelled. If someone yelled, there was this. Like that, that was going down. Her family, that's how they communicated. And, and it was awful. And, um, and it was something, it was a huge area that we identified that, that we're like, we do, we do not, that's one of the worst things you can do as a parent is that. And we're like, as we have kids, we do not want them growing up hearing us yell at each other, hearing us yell at them um, and all of that. And so, and so there were things that we had to identify. Now, why did we have to identify them, you guys? Because if we're not paying attention to it or knowing it's there, we're going to fall into it because it's what? It's normal to us. That's why it's so important for you to ask these questions. And I know it's uncomfortable. I know it hurts sometimes. But you guys, when, you, when we talk about marriage, whew, like this is the, other than your relationship with God, if, you, if you're married, this will be the most important relationship in your life. It just will. And so with that and the challenge of it that we're going to unpack, you have to be willing to identify these things because it's natural to you. You guys, I love my wife. And, and you know, we've been married, I don't know how long, I think 14. But early on, we had to work on this. There, I remember one time we're talking and she got so mad. She starts yelling at me in the car. I pulled the car over. I just pulled it over. And I was like, that's not us. This is not us. This is not going to be us. And she was like, I know. And there's been many times we've both helped each other in that. We've seen things in us. Guys, you got to identify those things. Even if you've had great parents, there's things that you go, man, I don't, I don't want to replicate that. I don't, I, I, I don't want to bring that in. So we have to, one, identify those things. And then we also have to give grace to each other, understanding that what we're bringing to the table is very different. It's very different. And a lot of times there's a lot of dysfunction that we're bringing uh, to uh, the table. Um, we also... Uh, 
have to come to the reality that there are certain ideals that we have when it comes to marriage, okay? So let me just share what mine were, the ideals that I have. Um, They were this. I need to be married or there's something wrong with me. That was a a clear as day thought that I had. If, If I don't get married, there's something wrong with me. There is. Um, So that was a thought of mine. The other thought I had when it came to marriage was this. It will solve my problems. I will be happier and I'll have more to offer other people. Okay, those were my ideals. When I I thought about marriage, um, I I, I one thought, if it doesn't happen, there is clearly something wrong with me because I saw them get married. And second was, I literally was like, if I, I have these struggles, but if I get married, I won't have this struggle anymore. The only reason I struggle with this is I'm not married. So if I get married, this problem will go away. And I'll also be happier because at the time, I was a single youth pastor that would drive home late after events to who? To myself. And I'd open up the door. I'm home. Ha! It's you again, mirror. Like, like that's it. And so I go home and, and, and literally it was like, hey, how was your day? That was great. You know, da, da, da. you know, ah, you hungry? Yeah, let's eat. You know, and want to watch a movie? Okay, what do you want to watch? Well, you know, and, and there it is, right? And so you're reminded of where you're not. And, and you think about it. I had a tiny house before they were cool. It was just me. Sometimes I dream about that. No, um, I'm just joking. This isn't recorded, right? Uh, It is. Mm, Fantastic. We can edit that. So, but you guys, that's a very real thing that some of you guys struggle with. And I know it because I struggle with it. And I was beyond where most of you were at. I was older, even. I was out of college. Some of you are terrified that you could be out of college and not have that ready. And I was there. And, and, and guys, that, that was tough. And I had ideals that had to be broken because they were unhealthy. Okay? Um, let's talk about this. Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, let's just talk about what, what, he, what he says here, right? Okay? Genesis chapter 2, verses 18, um, and then I'll read verse 24. It says this. Genesis is what? The book of beginnings. This is God establishing, creating, right? So it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And then in verse 24 it says, Therefore a man shall leave. Some of you need to hear that tonight. No. Uh, Leave his father and his mother. If you are 30, you better leave, okay? Okay. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one. I'm going to talk about that in two weeks, okay? Okay? If you you don't know what becoming one is, sex, okay? Now, why do I start with that? I start with that because God created marriage. I didn't. You didn't. The government didn't. God created it. That's really important. 
That's important because everybody's trying to say what it is, what it isn't, what defines it, what doesn't. And guys, you're going to have all these voices, all these opinions. And at the end of the day, what we all, regardless of our feelings, our thoughts, our own struggles, our own biases, uh, our own desired outcomes and beliefs, and uh, even our own attractions, we have to go back to what God's word says. Because if we don't, we are literally going to be like a sifting. Uh, we're going to go like this. All Our belief systems, they're going to change what's white, what's wrong. It's going to become gray. And we're not going to have anything essentially to stand on. And so what you need to know is not what Steve says, because I didn't create it, all right? If I would have created it, we'd all be screwed. Uh, God did. So God defines what it is. I don't. God does. My job is to follow through with what he has, what? Established and created and said, this is my will for this. This is why I created it. This is my purpose. So when you think about like a marriage covenant, I don't like, uh, I, I didn't stand, um, you know, with my wife and make a covenant before the government. I made a covenant with my wife before God. In Malachi chapter 2, 14, it says, But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife, it says, by covenant. By covenant. So, God makes man, makes woman. He says, this is what marriage is. I define it as what it looks like. This is a covenant to me before me. This is about me. Now, for those of you that don't believe in God right now, hang tight. But you need to hear that because he invented it. He created it. So that's just what it is. But what did it say? It wasn't good for man to be alone. Um, how many of you, well, how many of you have been to Paris? Okay, there's like two. Two of you, yeah. Edward, you don't count, man. You were like born over there. Um, no, you count. Anyway, so Paris is considered what? The most romantic city in the world. So I was flying into Paris, uh, and I had this long layover, and before I was flying somewhere else. And, and I flew in, I'm like, my goodness. And, and other people that were on this trip with me, they were extending their trip so that they could spend a day or two in Paris. And, and I remember sitting there going, why would I extend my trip in Paris when my wife is at home? Why was I thinking that? Because I was thinking, I want to experience this city with her. There you go. See? Mm. Is that being in the recording? Um, and so I'm going to wake up my wife and say, guess what I said? Uh, but... No, that, and that was a real thought for me. That was a real thought. I was like, I don't want to do Paris by myself. Now, if you get to do Paris by yourself, you should do it, okay? But for me, I, we had planned this trip, oh, I don't know, like eight years ago that we were going to do Paris, and it didn't work out uh, for a couple different reasons. But I was like, man, I'm here, but I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to like FaceTime her from the top of the Eiffel Tower and like kiss her through FaceTime. Like, this is weird. Oh, here, look, honey, look at this bridge that I'm on. Let's walk, you know, uh, like weird. And so 
I didn't do it. And other people did in that. But, but I, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I, I had this, this feeling that, that I always think about when it comes to it wasn't good for man to be alone. Like, because there's something in a lot of us, not all of us, that when you watch a romance movie, when you see uh, something beautiful, you're like, I want to share this with someone. Or I'm longing for that. Okay. And, 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 and guys, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, or, or for some of you, you're like, I am the third wheel. There's a reason cars have four. I'm the third. It just doesn't work. You know, that's why they got rid of the three-wheeler. Okay, it turns over. You can't do corners. But you guys, it's not, it's, it's what really the heart of this is, is God is communicating that through this marriage bond and relationship, and, and let's take it even out of that, because there's a community component that he's communicating that we are stronger together, that we are designed, we're created, we're wired to be in community. A lot of times we like to take that verse you know, that God, you know, that wasn't good for man to be alone, but, and we just like literally singular go, so I have to be married. But you have to take that within the context of all of scripture. And you have to understand that when he's unpacking scripture, if you believe that, you're actually then disregarding what Paul says. And you're also disregarding that if it doesn't happen for you, you can't have the desires of your heart, which is just false. It's not true. Okay, but what he's communicating there is true. It's not good for any of us to be alone. Whether you get married or not, that is so important. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12, a verse you've probably uh, heard or heard alluded to, says, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. There is strength in numbers. There's strength in tight community. And so for some of you tonight, you need to hear that. You need to hear the strength of community and having that strong bond with people that are going in the same direction uh, as you. Um, and so what marriage is supposed to be a picture of is the ultimate picture of that unity. Outside of the Trinity, that should be the ultimate picture of community. It should be the most powerful picture of a relationship um, that we can have, that we can observe and see. Um, because it's literally this term that you heard me read uh, called oneness, right? The two shall become one. Now, it's so much more than just like sex when we talk about that. Because what also you see, the beauty of marriage is this. The differences in each other when it comes to marriage, is actually what makes this completeness possible. And this is a really cool thing, okay? Um, because here's the reality. A lot of times when we think about marriage, we're looking for someone that's just like us. And that, we don't say that, but that's what we're a lot of times doing. When I was uh, single, a lot of times I was looking for a, a woman that would characterize me but she would be a woman. We would think the same way about God. We would think the same way about the world. We would have rough backgrounds because I figured with my rough background, if they had one, there'd be grace. Um, and we wouldn't judge each other. And it'd be awesome. You know, like, so I'm literally building up the woman version of myself and looking for her. And you're, she would be hot. And so anyway, and so that's what I was literally looking for. 
I was looking for that. And, 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 and guys, what I was missing out on, in fact, there would be girls that I would be, I would date and, and, and I would literally, I wasn't saying this, but, and it wasn't a conscious thought, but I'm like, no, nah, they don't really fit. Like there's just, they're not like me. That's literally what it was. They're not like me. So this isn't going to work. And in reality, what I was negating is this whole idea of oneness and completeness that we read throughout Scripture. Because if you marry someone exactly like you, guess what happens? The flaws that you have, that we all have, but that you particularly have, they're now magnified. Like big time. Because you just literally, so, so what happens is the flaws that you have now, they have the same flaw. You just magnified those flaws, right? So, so no, there's no complete, completeness, there's no wholeness, there's no filling in the gaps for each other. There's literally, when we fall, we both fall. Uh, when we're doing great, we're both doing great. And we ride this wave together, and that's not completeness. That's not even healthy, right? And so the beauty is, if I marry somebody that's different than me, and, and listen, I also don't, you should not say, ah, you're too much like me, so we need to break up. That's not what I'm saying. Because even people that you think you're a lot alike, when you walk through primarily, you realize, man, there's a lot of differences in us. The beauty, though, is you see in those differences how they complete those gaps in your own life, and it points to a complete, a oneness picture that only God can do. And so when you uh, look at marriage, it should have this completeness, this oneness, and bring out the best version of you because of the relationship. If you hang out with uh, Lindsay and I, you'll see that we're very different, very different, so many ways. And she has brought so many things um, out, of, out of me that um, were things that I had no idea were lacking. Um, she's, she's brought this uh, health She's brought this balance. She's brought perspective. Um, the fact that where I stumble, she doesn't, those are awesome things. And I, I get to experience this. And I wouldn't have experienced it if I would have gone down the route that I was like focused on, of finding the, the female version of myself. She's brought out the better version of myself, the best version, I believe, of myself. Now, uh, Jesus has a very high standard for marriage. Okay, we actually read this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. It says, he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall be become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's pretty intense. He tells you what he thinks. He tells you this should be a lifetime covenant before God that you're going to make to this other person. And, um, and, and he doesn't want it to end, right? He doesn't want it to end because you don't feel like you're in love. You don't feel like it's working. You've fallen out of love. Or you start to become attracted to somebody else. He's not saying that, right? He's not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be bumps in the road. It's going to be hard. But this is a lifetime commitment that you're making. Now, why is it such a big deal? Why? Because marriage is a picture in the Bible of Jesus and the church. 
That's the example. That's the model. In fact, Ephesians 5.23, it says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Woo! His body and is himself its savior. Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Hmm. So, the picture, why it's so important, why it's critical for us to understand if you're a Jesus follower, you need to know this, is the picture of marriage is Jesus in the church. And he says, guys, you're supposed to be a picture of Jesus. And ladies, you're supposed to be a picture of the church. And if you're a dude, uh, some guys I speak to, they're like, yeah, yeah, look at me, I'm Jesus. And it's like, uh, do you know what Jesus did? Like for the church? <laughs> Read the Bible. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a guy. Like, hey, you know, like, hey, hey. keep reading. What Jesus do? What? You're like, oh, okay. how do I be the church? I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> they didn't tell me that, <laughs> right? Because we pick and choose. We pick and choose what we want to see. We project that. We treat people differently. That's not what you read. You read that he has created the male, female, and he's got distinct roles and purposes in that. And it's not that one is over the other. It's what we see in Ephesians 5.21 when he talks about all Christians are called to, it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so in marriage, if you are to model Jesus, you are called to die to yourself for your wife. Oh, man. Didn't want to do that. Struggled daily to do that, right? And then the church, or if you're a lady, it's how am I responding in this, right? And what you see Ephesians 5, 20 talk, 21 talk about is this picture of Jesus followers operating in this dual submissiveness to each other, which is outside of even marriage. It's literally, if we're Jesus followers, we should be looking at how we can put each other's wants, desires, and needs ahead of our own. That's what we're called to do. Marriage is just like taking that and pumping steroids into it. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's literally like, um, now it's not just like, how can I like, it, it's literally now I'm asking like, man, with decisions and man, decisions, you guys, if you get married, you have some huge ones. Do we have kids? How many kids do we have? Um, ooh, and then uh, for some of you, uh, it's what, what happens when a chair falls? But what, what happens when like, seriously, what happens when one of you gets offered a job and it's somewhere else, it's in another state? What do you do? right? How do you make that decision? How do you do that, guys? Like, what does that process look like for you? And so if you don't understand, you don't know how to, 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 to do that, to make that decision um, well. And Because, guys, these are the things that you're going to be um, confronted with. And when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is the love chapter, you're going to see a lot of things that the world doesn't talk about, doesn't highlight, because it's inconvenient and it's focused on prioritizing the other person ahead of yourself. 
Love in our culture is selfish. It's about you. It's what you want, what you desire, and you should get that, and you deserve it, and you should have it. What he talks about here is the opposite of that. You love out of obedience to him. You put someone else's needs ahead of your own. You die to yourself for the betterment of them. And if you think about a marriage where both of you are doing that, wow. Wow. When I see my wife have a strong desire and she literally like curbs that and says, you know what? I believe in what God's doing in this uh, with you. Let's, let's go. <sighs> I'm like, <sighs> and, when, and, when, and when I'm like, honey, I, you're right. You're right. I feel this way, but man, I, I, feel, like, I feel like God's working He's working in you. He's, he's speaking truth through you. I'm, I'm with you. She's like, ah. it's amazing. And it's not a manipulation thing. It's literally just you guys. Man, there is a love that's formed when we will sacrificially love each other. And I think what's the challenge here when we talk about marriage, you guys, is it's the ultimate example of Sacrificial love, both ways, for a husband and a wife. And that's really, really tough. It's really, really hard to do, but that's the picture. That's the picture. And so our decisions towards each other comes from our love for God. And our decisions not only come from our love for God, but that they would be the beneficiary of the, de the decision. It's a way of thinking that puts their wants, their needs ahead of my own. Because why marriage, I pray that when people see my marriage, they would want a relationship with Jesus. Because we know, I, I read the, uh, the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, um, you know, that, that says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all of the glory of God. And I use that in the dating series, you guys, and it, and it translates to everything. When I think of marriage, I pray that it would glorify God to the point where people see my marriage and want a relationship with God, right? Like my marriage shouldn't point to, oh, they love each other. Like my marriage should point to something greater because how we love each other should be different. And so if you spend time with me and you don't want a relationship with God because of how we're treating each other, there's something wrong. And it's not you, it's us. It's how we're loving each other because it should point to something different. It should point to what, it shouldn't, it, it should point to something that contradicts what the world's saying works. It should point to this sacrificial love that we have towards each other. And, 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 and it should come from this posture before God. And so that's gonna be different. That's gonna look uh, different. And so our marriage should glorify him. Um, and uh, when we think about the calling of marriage, guys, you know what the first command is in marriage? You're gonna love this. Genesis chapter 128, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first command was have sex. Honey, that's what God's word says. I didn't write it. I didn't create marriage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it says it. I should do it. <laughs> anyway, so that's the first command. You're like, <laughs> now, here's some common myths, okay? Let's talk about some common myths, all right? Here's some common myths that I hear. I don't have a timer, so I don't even know how long I'm going. All right, 
just hang. Okay, everything good, this is a common myth I hear, everything good in our relationship, if I'm married, will get better. So if you're in a dating relationship, the, a common myth I hear is if we get married, everything will get better in our relationship. Okay? Uh, you guys, just when you think of the life cycle of a relationship, relationships begin with this emotional honeymoon, all right? Um, they, they begin with very strong feelings, strong emotions. There is very strong passion there. I don't say those things are bad. That's great. In fact, you should experience that if it's someone you're talking about spending the rest of your life with. But there is also the reality that those things are going to pass. You're like, no, you don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know how much I love it. No, those things will pass, okay? They will. They will pass. Then comes the choices. The choices of will I work at this? Will I work? The choice that you're going to have to daily make to wake up and choose to love someone that you may not feel like loving. And you go, there's no way. Yep, there is. There is. It happens, you guys. Why does it happen? Because remember, you are two human beings getting married. What did I say? Humans. You are two humans. You're fallen so there's so much in you that's just a result of fallen humanity and nature in you that's pushing back continually on God's design, on his best for you. You're at war with that daily. And guess what? It's going to carry over into your marriage and you're going to have to choose. It's not going to be easy anymore. It's not going to, you're not going to just turn over and go, Ugh. like you're going to have to, you're going to turn over and go, Ugh. like you're going to, you're going to have moments and you're going to have fights and you're going to have fights where you're going to like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. I'm walking out. I'm not coming back. All of this. You're going you're gonna to stonewall. You're going to go into another room. And let me tell you, it's really awkward if you've got a really small house. Our first house that we lived in, it was in the woods, uh, deep in Washington. Um, and, and it was a small cabin, right? Romantic until we started fighting. Um, and then it was literally like, I remember when we first fought, and it was like, fine. And I didn't know what to do. We'd never fought. And so I'm like, and I like walked out and I went into the bedroom and I refused to leave because in my mind, she wins if I walk out of this room. So I made sure I didn't have to pee and I bunkered up. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm mad. And if I walk out there, she wins. She needs to know she's wrong. So the longer I'm in here, the more she's going to know that she's wrong. And then I'm going to walk out and she's going to apologize and she's going to love me because I'm not talking to her right now. That's what's going to happen. No. Talks about that in the Bible. If we do premarital, you're going to hear me talk about it. No, <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. Don't do that. But you're going to feel that way. In fact, it may happen. One of you may leave, may walk out, may say things you wish you shouldn't, right? 
And guess what? The emotions in you are not going to want to receive them. Maybe they hurt you. They wound you. They do something. They've, they've, they've been doing something. You had no idea they were doing it. You had no idea this was going on. You find out. What do you do? How do you feel? We don't feel like loving them. You don't feel like forgiving them. You don't feel like making marriage work, right? And so what do you do in those moments, right? Do you ride your emotions? Do you tell what, what your friends are going to tell you, what the world's going to tell you? You should be mad. You should be done with them. Forget them. All of that. It's about you. It's about your heart. It's about your happiness. Well, man, if I would have followed that game plan, I'd be divorced probably twice by now, okay? Because that's what my heart, my heart's full of deceitfulness, wickedness. It's telling me all kinds of stuff that I should do or shouldn't do. And man, I, I've just learned, man, don't listen to you. You're a mess. But I do know that when those passions, all those things went away, I had to make a choice. I had to daily make a choice. I had to make a choice after a fight. Am I going to believe in what God has called us to? Am I going to believe in making a choice to love her? Is she going to do that? Because, oh my gosh, she's been through it with me. Ugh, she's had to choose. I know she didn't feel like it. I know she didn't wake up going, oh man, thank you God for Steve. Whew, of all women, ah, other than Mary, I'm pretty blessed. Like, no, I, I don't know if she's ever said that. But she's made a choice. Guys, you're gonna have to do that. You're gonna get to that place. You know, um, I was five years into my marriage. I've shared this story uh, before when I've done this series. Five years into my marriage, and I remember um, I was in a grocery store. I was in Vons. Are there Vons here? Oh, it's Safeway here, right? Safeway? Is it Vons or Safeway here? Safeway. Okay, they're the same thing. So if you're in Southern California ever and you see a Vons, just go Safeway, okay? Your card still works, everything. Um, I was in a Vons. I'll never forget it. And I'm walking through, and I don't even know why. But I'm walking, and I'm, I'm shopping, and you know what? It hit me the first time ever in my life, like five years into marriage. And I just went, I'm like shopping. I'm like, I don't want to be married anymore. I literally had that, like, I don't really want to go home. We hadn't even been fighting. I was just like, I, I don't really want to be married. And... and and I'm thinking that, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, whoa, what are you saying? What are you thinking? Where is this coming from? And I was like, I was scared, you guys. I was literally scared at how I was feeling. So I remember I called my brother. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm in the middle of Vons right now. Don't know why I'm even here now. And I'm like, I'm like I don't feel like being married. My older brother has seen a lot. He's been there for me in times that I can't even fathom. And, and, and I'm telling this. And he's just talking to me. He's listening. And guys, what had happened is I had just kind of gone along with marriage. And I hadn't done any work in investing in it. And I had just kind of counted on it to give me what I thought it was supposed to give. And for the first time, it just wasn't what I wanted anymore. And so I'll never forget what I did. I was like, I got to do something because I'm not going to listen to this voice. And I may not feel like it. I may not like it right now, but I'm going to do something. So you know what I did? I went home and booked a Caribbean vacation with my wife. I did. I went right home. I said, we're going to the Caribbean. She goes, huh? I said, we're going to the Caribbean. Why? I can't tell you, but we're going I didn't say I don't feel like marrying you anymore. Like, but we booked a Caribbean trip. Why? Something had to happen. I had to like, I had to like get, I had to like, you know, get something going here. 
Because guess what? For the first time I was confronted with, this is going to take work. And I wasn't just feeling like being married. Guys, you're going to have that moment. You guys, we don't fall into our relationship with Jesus. We continually fall out of it. If marriage is the ultimate picture of the relationship of Jesus and the church, I'll tell you what's characterized the church hundreds of years since, is dysfunction and a continual struggle of falling away. You guys, you're going to continue to fall away. You struggle with that in your relationship with God. You're going to struggle with it in your marriage. You're not going to fall into marriage daily. You're going to continue to fall out of it, and you're going to fight. And so for some of you, this message isn't for today, it's for 10 years from now. And you're going to be in a fight, and I pray that you remember me in that moment going, you're going to have to fight. And I pray that you choose to fight. Okay? Um, The other myth, my spouse will make me whole. They will make me whole. Okay, actually, never mind. That's, That's the next one. Let me first do this one. This myth, everything bad in my life will disappear if I'm married. Okay, this is, this is a big one. We look for that person to heal our losses, to fix our emotional scars, and to solve my loneliness problem. We think marriage will solve destructive lifestyle patterns we have in our life. Guys, let me tell you something. This is what I learned. Marriage only magnifies your problems. I know that's not like the, hey, go get married talk, but that's what happens. Marriage actually magnifies those problems. It doesn't solve them. It doesn't heal them. It magnifies. Um. You know, I think, I think of the struggles that I had before marriage. Guys, after I got married, it, and, and I talk to guys all the time. Um, like, and this is a common one, and I'll talk about this in two weeks, but a common one for a lot of people is lust. And they think, if I get married, it will solve that problem. I've heard that probably 200 times. And I still have yet to meet one person that it's done that for. It will not solve your lust problem. That's a you and God problem. And if you don't deal with it, you will carry that into it. Now, you may for a season be able to play it off, feel like it's fixed. But if you haven't done business in that arena, you're going to bring it into your marriage. And, it, and, 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 and it's going to get to a point, I'll just tell you how it's going to work, where slowly it's going to creep in, and then you're going to slip up. You're probably not going to get caught. You're probably just going to slip up. And then once you slip up, you've heard me say this message a billion times, it's easier to slip up again. It's easier to justify it again, right? And, and then all of a sudden, now you, oh, that was just a snowball, but now it's like a snowman. <laughs> and it gets harder and harder to hide. And it gets harder and harder to, uh, and, and guess what happens? Now, now it's like starting, I'm experiencing it, I'm feeling this, like there's tension, uh, I, I'm feeling guilty all the time in my marriage, all of this, and, and you're a wreck inside. Why? Because you thought that it would fix that. You went into it thinking it'll fix this. Some of you are lonely, and you think that person is going to fix your loneliness. Your loneliness is a you and God problem. It is not a them thing. They're not going to solve that. 
And guess what? What if they're in the military and they get shipped off? What if they have to take a job for a season or an internship and it ships them out or they have to be in a different city for a while or you have to move with them somewhere and their work hours are crazy? What if both of your work schedules are on opposite ends of the spectrum, you don't ever see each other and you're married, but guess what? When you're home, they're not. When they're home, you're not. Guess what? Same problem, right? Didn't solve it. Still there. And that's, that happens a lot. So it's not going to solve your loneliness. So if you're, if you're like, I want to get married so I'm not lonely, you're missing it. Guys, everything is about our relationship with God. And, and it's so dangerous to think that, that they're going to fix me. That's going to fix me. Guys, it's just going to magnify it. Um, here's the danger with this too, is we go into marriage thinking about what they're going to do for me instead of me focusing on loving them. Are you hearing that? That's huge. You're actually taking the very purpose of marriage and hijacking what he says it is. Okay, last. Last myth. My spouse will make me whole. (laughs) You're like, but you just said that. Hmm, Let's hear me out. So I've done this example before. Okay, you have different styles of houses, right? Like we did a tour of Eugene, Springfield. We'd see all kinds of houses. Do you know what an A-frame is? What's the A-frame? An A, okay? Framed. A-frame. Now, this is very dangerous in a relationship. Just pretend these are people. What does this look like? It looks like two people dependent on each other. That is not marriage. Okay? You're not called to be an A-frame. This is not, I depend on you. I need you. Okay? You need God. That's what you need. Okay? There is an unhealthy dependency I see on marriage that people go into and they actually, everything is about the other person and they're dependent on the other person. And if, here's what's dangerous about this. If one of you falls in your relationship with God, what happens? You both fall because you're dependent on each other for your relationship with God. So that's not healthy. Now, here's the other thing, an H-frame. An H-frame, the problem is this. They can stand virtually alone and they don't need each other and there's no real couple identity and there's no emotional connection. They actually just kind of stand on their own, right? They're glorified roommates. They make it work. And I know people that have been married 30, 40, 50 years that this is their marriage. And they'll say, well, we're still, still married. And I'm like, hey, It's not that impressive. It's not what I'm trying to do. Okay? So this is that. There's not a connection there. There's that. It's not a priority to model this, to reflect this. But then we have the M frame. Ooh, we went there. People people listening to the podcast are so confused. (laughs) The M frame. Okay. An M-frame, an M-frame can stand on their own, but they choose to be together. An M-frame can stand on their own, but they choose to be together. Mutual influence and mutual emotional support. If one falls, they both don't fall. That is huge. And that concept has been huge for my marriage. Huge. Because guess what, guys? Who you marry, they're going to have some times where they fall, 
where they struggle, where they're caught up in something, or it's going to be you. And you're going to have doubts. You're going to have questions. You're going to lose your belief in God, maybe even. You're going to struggle. You're going to be mad. You're going to go through that dark place. You have depression, anxiety. You're going to go through it. And guys, that's when you see the beauty of this M frame is you see how God has brought this other person in your life and they're not, they haven't fallen with you. They're standing in the gap for you and they're helping to pull you out. And it's this picture of oneness and the strength of that completeness that I'm talking about. And that's the beauty of marriage is that. Guys, you were never designed to make someone whole. Only God is. That's it. So the question is this. What kind of marriage do you want to have? What? If you want to be married. Address the myths. Understand it's going to be hard. It's not feelings. It's going to be choices. you got to address this personal dysfunction that you have. Otherwise, you're going to bring it into marriage you got to pay attention to what God is trying to show you about the other person. You're going to have to ask, is it infatuation? Uh, is it desperation that's driving this? And are you ignoring the flares that God is releasing and showing you? Are you forcing this relationship or is God leading in it? And you have to be very careful with people who know Christian lingo. I cannot stress that enough. I have so many Christian friends who are divorced. So many because they were so great at speaking the Christian language and using it and abusing it and manipulating it to get what they wanted. Okay, so if you hear, um, if you hear words like, I want to lead you, just slap them. <laughs> I want to lead you. You'll, you might even hear this. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. And you're like, whoa, that sounds so good and godly. Mm. Guys, can I tell you something? I have never said that to Lindsay. I have literally never said, honey, gosh, I just want to serve you. She would go, get up. What are you doing? I just want to serve you. That's modeled, okay? That's modeled. When we're using Christian lines, we're using them to get what we want. When you meet the person, they're living it. They're not speaking it. Their lives are communicating more than anything that would come out of their mouth. In fact, I would say you better be very careful when their mouth is preceding their actions because they're hiding. They're trying to get you to do something. Uh, they're, they're trying to get you to overlook something. They're insecure or they just know that they are not what they're claiming to be. God brought you into my life. Well, that's pressure. He did? I thought we just randomly showed up at college group. No, he brought you here. He brought you here for me. Yeah, if someone tells you that here, just come get me, okay? I don't know. I'll just take off the pastor hat for a second. Hey, here's some stairs, okay? Um, Oh, God, God, whoa, okay. Um, let's pray together. Can we read together? Okay, those are words that have been spoken that they've heard pastors say, like myself, 
but they're using it. They're using it. Those things happen organically, okay? And that's a beautiful thing. When that's happening and you're both led in that, it's not something that's instituted down through someone, okay? Um, I had a wedding that I was doing, and uh, it literally got called off the day before. And it just, it was, it was awful. I'd gone through this couple, and at the end of the day, the, the guy calls me. He's bawling, and he's like, I can't do it. And I'm like, you can't do it? It's in San Diego, huge wedding. Her family's from New York and the Dominican Republic. They've all flied in. And I'm like, you can't do it? He's like, no, I can't do it. I cannot do it. He goes, what do I do? And I'm like, run? I mean, you're going to be dead. Like, they're going to kill you. I, I literally think they might kill you. Like, what? And, and he just, it was like they had just, they had said everything they thought I wanted to hear, and they had done everything on paper, and they were both Christians and saying and doing and acting all the right ways to push the marriage forward to make it happen. And then he was finally confronted with the fraud in his own heart, and he said, I can't bear it anymore. We can't get married, and I can't do it tomorrow. And I was so mad at him, but I was also so thankful. Because they stopped. But here's the thing that's so beautiful about that. They saw this stuff they were trying to play. But because he stopped it, guess what? A year and a half later, I did their wedding. That's what God can do. But we try to get in the driver's seat and push it and drive it and create this experience. You got to let God do it. You just have to let him do it. And if it's that person you're supposed to be with, he can make it happen. Some of you literally told me even today, it'll never happen. You don't know my story. One phone call, nine months later, I got married. So those of you that are like, it'll never happen. I'm gonna be single the rest of my life. I don't know what's going Nine months, like one phone call, nine months later, there we are in Ohio with ugly carpet getting married. Okay, that's, where, that's what happened. Okay, it can happen, it will happen if it's God's will. Just trust him with it, you guys. And here's the thing. If you never got married, would a relationship with God be enough for you? That's the question. And lastly, for those of you that right now are considering marriage, I would tell you to do pre-engagement counseling, okay? Because here's the reality. Remember this. It's maybe not for now. Maybe it's five years from now. Maybe it's 10 years from now. Um, when you get engaged, if you get engaged, everything will change. Immediately, you now have a, a rival date that you're both working towards, and there's things you want to talk about before everything's about an arrival date. Okay? Trust me on this. Okay? I don't get a bonus for premaritals. Pre-engagement is so important. Because you have this short time, this opportunity to get to know them without the pressure of an arrival date. And so, if that's something you want to talk about, let's talk about it. Okay? All right, I've talked for a long time. I hope there's a lot for you guys to consider, to think about, to talk about, to wrestle with. Let me pray.